Welcome to Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and in case you haven't noticed, a new Star Wars movie has opened to decent reviews, and some say a disappointing box office. Well, Haley and I have seen Solo, A Star Wars Story. We watched it on the big screen on the big island of Hawaii, and we have a lot to say about Han Solo and Chewbacca and Lando Calrissian and the Mother of Dragons. I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Cogill. Han Solo was a thief. A handsome, well-meaning thief, but a thief. So, to pair with our leading man, we will toast to a wine thief. And we do live on this beautiful big island of Hawaii, where a volcano is erupting daily, getting worse daily. (laughs) But um, for all of our fantastic friends that have reached out to see how we're doing, we're doing fine. It's voggy. It's a little, which means it's a little dirty in the air from the fumes from the volcano. But it's not, it's it's gorgeous today. It's gorgeous. It all depends on the winds. We have trade winds back. Palm trees are blowing. When the trade winds blow about 20 miles an hour, it blows all the fog out, probably towards Maui. Yes. But uh, but when the trade winds don't blow, it's 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 been, it's the, air's been the air has been thick. Yeah. But it's on that complete other side of the, of the island. Yeah, we're 100 miles away. We're 100 miles away. We have a very, we have a very, very large mountain in between. We're doing great. Yeah. So, and it's—I know it's fascinating to watch on TV it's, because of that lava. It's crazy. I mean, we're fascinated that, by it too. I mean, it's—it's it's amazing that a whole new part of the world is being created yeah. as like every day. It, it's, it's so primal. It's amazing. It's amazing to see, but it's—but yeah. it's all, and eventually, yeah. Mother Earth will 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 not be so angry with us, and Pele's, you know, revenge will yeah. will soften, and Kilauea will. We'll stop erupting. Yeah, we're okay. We're doing great. We're okay. So, but yes. Thanks for asking. <laughs> now, let's talk about Solo. Okay, so Solo, a Star Wars story. It's directed by Ron Howard. And I don't know the name of the two directors that dropped out, but they dropped out during the making of this movie. Fired, probably, by Disney, whatever whatever the story is. And they all left on good terms, but they brought Ron Howard in to really kind of save this film. And uh, I think he did actually. I, I really like the film, and I, I it's 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 you know Ron Howard directed a beautiful mind. He did Apollo thirteen. He did Cinderella Man, and it's and it's really the backstory and it's the early story of of right. Han Solo. Like we've seen the other kind yeah. of pre stories. Yeah, uh, they're, they're they're not the knockoff films, right. but they're sidebar films. Right. And so, and I'm interested in that story. Yeah, and he's played by Alden Ehrenreich, who was in Blue Jasmine and Rules Don't Apply, but we love him from. <gasps> Hail, Hail Caesar. Caesar. Here's the wood that you were. Wood that you were. Wood that you were. He was the actor that couldn't act. That couldn't, exactly. He was the cowboy he that couldn't act. He was the cowboy. That, he was so and that cute. scene with Ray Fiennes, <laughs> who's so a British good. director, <laughs> he's kind of like Olivier trying to get this cowboy to act in a British. Wood that you were. Wood that you were. Just, just say wood that you were. Wood that you were. Rolls. Wood that you were. God, he's. You turn to me when he shows up in the movie and goes, That's the Hail Caesar guy. That's wood that you were. <laughs> but it's also got Amelia Clark who's in it, and Amelia Clark being the mother of dragons in Game of Thrones, and we don't see her in feature films that much. Yeah, and actually, I like her, um, and and she, you know, they have a thing going on early in the movie, and then they get separated, and it's and it's his journey of how they're reunited in a weird way, but also his um, his how he found and became friends and partners with Chewbacca. Yes. And then, and then early on, how he meets the young Lando Calrissian, and uh, so you have these characters: Amelia Clark, you have Donald Glover, who plays Lando Calrissian, and I'm going to say right now that this is America. That that music right. video that he does. If you haven't like YouTube, this is America. It's it's so disturbing, and yet so completely right on the money with with 
with where we are in this world right yeah. now. It's, I, I it's, think it's one of the most brilliant music videos I've ever seen. Uh, and I can go, you know, I can probably put on one hand the music videos that I've seen that I that are kind of mon- like movies. Yeah. You remember when I first saw Michael Jackson's right. thriller? thriller. Yeah. I I just didn't know what to say. Yeah. I watched it over and over, yeah. and this is America. It's it's kind of in that ballpark, and boy, it, it'll scare the daylights out of it's you. So disturbing and fascinating. And what's going on in the background is as important, or even more than what's it's, going on in the it's foreground. The whole story, yeah. And it's him. Yeah. It's Donald Glover, who was great and won some Emmys for Atlanta. Atlanta. Woody Harrelson's in it, who was in Three Billboards and No Country for Old Men and War for the Planet of the Apes, and he's a thief. He's a fellow thief, and uh, and it's written by the father son duo Lawrence Kasdan. And his son, Jonathan Kasdan. And Lawrence has been around these movies for years. He wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Empire Strikes Back. I think he's written three other Star Wars movies. Wow. But he also directed Grand Canyon and Big Chill and Body Heat. I mean, he's, he's a Lawrence did. He's very famous. But his son was in Dawson's Creek and Freaks and Geeks. And he was one of the screenwriters on, on Roadies, Roadies. Which we loved Roadies. Roadies was that little Cameron Crowe television HBO series that, that we just loved. That only made it one season, but uh. it was really pretty good. So the overall picture here, before we get into some more details, is expected to peak around $400 million, which for Star Wars movies is very disappointing. Yeah. Uh, globally, um, and it cost about $250 million, and they sunk around $250 million in advertising. So it's kind of scheduled if it keeps going the way it's going scheduled to probably lose 50 to 80 million i don't think it's gonna lose i don't either because you're gonna add up all the toys and all right. the other things well, and that's and, i mean these are you know maybe everybody didn't rush out the first weekend to see a movie but it opened on a weird weekend it's too crowded out there and yeah yeah the avengers movie is still blowing right. and going i mean i don't know I, I we we really enjoyed it you've seen it twice so yeah. you've certainly given your your financial input is twice. it the best star wars movie ever no. not at all not even remotely and, and you could I tell it was a movie that had problems and was rescued. And I kind of wouldn't have ex- expected it to be the best knockoff or sidebar or whatever. Right. I mean, you know, as much as I love Harrison Ford and my cousin Chablis, you know, Han Solo was the only character in Star Wars. Let me backtrack. You're a wine writer and, and your cousin's name is Chablis. Yes, I do. Thank, um, you. Thank you. But... But it he ne- he never was kind of the leading guy, so I wouldn't expect his sidebar film to be the the leading film. Mm-hmm. But I thought I was very entertained. I liked all the creatures in it. Yeah. I loved Chewbacca yeah. so much, and and I liked kind of how their storyline was yeah. developed and understanding um, understanding kind of how he came about. Um, I liked who's the who was the bad guy though? Who's the that was in Beautiful Mind? Paul Bettany. Yes, who was just great. And he's got little scars on his face. face Oh, and he, he, yeah, you're you're dead in a nanosecond. Yeah, around him, (laughs) he's a bad guy. And he, but he has a yacht. He has a space age yacht. Yes, exactly. I want to. I want to drink champagne on that yacht. Yeah. Yeah, or, I, or blue. It was purple, whatever cocktail. Or and it'll blue. answer some, you know, for for you geeks out there, and I'm one of them. But for for the hardcore geeks that really get into the details of this, um, they'll answer some questions, and then they'll bring up some more questions. So they'll answer some of the early, you know, things about Harrison Ford or or, or about Han Solo, especially how he got his name. It's a really great little moment in the movie. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of all the Star Wars movie, it rests comfortably in the middle for me. You yeah. know, it's it's kind of just comfortably in the middle, and i I think we I think we get our expectations way too bloated that we all have to rush out and see everything on the well, opening I weekend. The, but we I don't. also think that the first two of these kind of sidebar were films really were good. so good yes. that that that's why it's like ah. Oh. But 
you yeah. know, how often can you really? Well, does do that? you know? It's kind of like the stock. It's kind of like if you have stock. Does your stock every quarter have to outdo the other quarter? And yes, you want it to, but realistically, in the can. world of business, though, that's exactly yeah. you're always yeah. But you, the ex- you haven't hit your budget, then the, you're <laughs> the expectations are so high. And I, 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 I think Disney's doing a great job with these films. I think bringing Ron Howard in to do this really helped that a lot because there was a lot of trouble on it. But it, but it, it's got some really sweet moments, and it's it's more fun than most of the Star Wars movies. It's got a dark side, but it's more fun than most of them. And I. <laughs> And I like I I like I like seeing Donald Glover in here. Yeah. I can't wait to see a Lando Calrissian movie. And I like seeing Emily Clark in here because Amelia I, Amelia Clark. Yeah. I'm sorry because the Mother of Dragons for us is a big thing. Yeah. Game of Thrones is a big we thing just in our want house. All those dragons to come in. So and anyway, take so over uh, by the way, it's gotten 71 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and I I it pains me to even say that right because I don't like the concept of Rotten Tomatoes. I think it. I think it, the conglomerate of of adding up things in order to tell movie people whether movies are well, good or not, good or not. Exactly. is is not really fair. And a lot of filmmakers get mad at Rotten Tomatoes because it ruins their movie before mm. it comes out mm. and doesn't give an audience a chance. I kind of agree with that. But at the same time, it is what it is. The, there's a lot of critics, and they just aggregate the score, and there it is. But it's worth 71%. It's probably more like a 78% for me. It's somewhere around there. Ooh, 78% yeah. from Gary Cogan. <laughs> <laughs> from film critic Gary critic Gary Cogill gives it a 78. All right, so so we liked it. It's not the greatest of all time. It's worth seeing and it's worth seeing twice yes. and I'm a, I'm I'm a geek on Star Wars films and if you haven't seen this and some of these articles are swaying you, I would just throw that out the door and listen to it. listen to us and go because yeah, it's just it's a fun movie. Good because you've got that and Deadpool and the Avengers movie and a Quiet Place is still out there a little yeah. bit, which is one of the greatest movies of the year. By the way, that Quiet Place movie has quietly made $330 million. I'm so happy for them. 330 Go John Krasinski. Way to go. That's awesome. I know. It's very cool. Anyway, that's... that's. So, in the and we're talking about our, our thieving leading men. Right. Woody Harrelson and... and he and, is a thief. Han Solo is... He is. He's a thief. Yeah. At the end of the day, you yeah. know, that's kind of how he, how he got his start. He's, he's very well-meaning and, you know, yeah. then he fell in love with Princess Leia and, uh, you know... You know, they took the Millennium Falcon off into La La Land. Oh, by the way, they introduced you to the Millennium. I'm so geeked out on this stuff. <laughs> you, so I'm a backstory. You know, one, twice in my life, I got the privilege to go to Skywalker Ranch. Yes. And the Millennium Falcon is parked on Lake Ewok. And I'm so geeked out that I'm standing in Marin County privately and george lucas walks out with a a tray with his daughter who was young at the time teenager time with like eight glasses of wine and goes you know can we talk about the movie and here's a glass of our wine and i'm standing on lakey what come on get over yourself it's one of the great experiences in my life let's talk about the thief Um, i I don't quite get the thief explain the thief to me well so in the world of wine there is a basically when um, winemakers need to try wine that's being aged in a barrel they need some sort of device or tool that they can use to capture the wine out of the barrel and basically it's kind of like when you put a stopper into to a glass of water and Mm -hmm. you 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 know you hold the top to to have some suction and then you pull out 
mm-hmm. a little portion. It's like of you put whatever. a straw in. So it. you put it, yes, yeah. like a straw. Um, but you put your finger over the top. That tool in the wine world is actually called a wine thief. Is it long and glass? It is long and glass. That's, I've seen those before. Yes, yes. And so winemakers go around. They put it in the top of the the barrel, which is in the bung hole. And I just Wait, said did bung you just hole. B U N G. Yes. So the top of the barrel where the where, where, the, where there's a bung that it the looks cork. like a little stopper. Yeah. Yes, it's not a cork. It's like a little stopper. Yeah. That it's called um, the bung. That yes, you can take out and then you put your wine thief so great. <laughs> and extract some wine. Okay. And then you can try it during yeah. um, during the kind of aging process, and it helps winemakers figure out really when that wine is ready. And ready meaning that okay, it's aged long enough, and now it's ready to be bottled. It's ready to be blended. It's ready to go into the next phase of of completion. The thief gives you access to the barrel without ruining the barrel. Yes, I mean, like you're not gonna you're not gonna open the side of the barrel every time you need to try the wine. It also um, it, it allows you to, like I said, if you need to, to steal some wine to maybe try to start making a little, um, uh, to start making a blend so you don't actually have to open the entire barrel. You just steal some wine. You can kind of start, you start the process of, of creating a finished wine by trying wine throughout the process. So literally, you could take the thief, extract some wine from the barrel, and put it in a solo cup. Yes, you could. Okay, I just want to make sure. Theoretically, I would challenge you to find a winemaker that would do that. Put yes, it in a Han Solo cup. <laughs> yes, you could. All right, works for me. So um, with that kind yeah. of the, the discussion of, of the wine thief, I thought it'd be fun to talk about our first experiences because mm-hmm. you've certainly barrel tasted with me. I have, yeah. And barrel tasting is, is something that a lot of wineries do. It's kind of very, very trendy and kitsch to like, oh, part of your tour is that you're going to barrel taste. Um, Sometimes if you're a a great aficionado, it really does help you. You know, this is how, this is how, how, uh, well, Auction Napa Valley just happened this past weekend. And one of their biggest days as a part of auction is to do the Friday barrel sampling. And then Mm -hmm. basically by tasting the unfinished wine, you bid on what you think that, you know, what's going to be the best wine. And you can buy the barrel and you'll, you can't buy the barrel. You buy cases of the wine. uh, And, and, you know, um, which I'm so excited about Jackson family wines, Cardinal, Chris Carpenter's incredible wine, um, won the highest single bid of $25,000 for a case of wine and by, by tasting and granted it's a charity event. And so you are giving to, to help the people of Napa, but, um, but it's a really great way to, to see what a wine's potential will be once it's finally finished. Um, now you, you're an expert. You, you can, you can do that probably better than most people. When I taste wine out of the barrel at barrel tastings with a thief, um, um, I, I I have to imagine in my head down the road right. what this wine will right. be like. Right. And my palate isn't quite there. I've had a couple of really good experiences of it. But the more I do it, the more I'm enlightened by it. And well, you've done it a and lot. And I think it's I I, I think it, it's very like doing it with friends like on a a, a, a wine trip. It's a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's fun to see the whole process. It's fun to kind of get your. It's almost like being a winemaker of the, for the day. You get right. to kind of see some of the backstory. The first time I did it, I remember I was at Minor with Daphne with my sister Daphne, and we tasted their Oakville Cab 
from the barrel that would eventually go into a portion of their Oracle, which is their signature, um, which is kind great of their wine. flagship yeah. blend that they make. And and it was a really, really cool experience. And, and then over the years have done quite a bit of barrel tasting. And, and, and like I said, I think it's a really interesting way to see what a, how, where a wine is now and where it could be. Yeah. I know we've done it at Minor also. Yeah, yeah it's great. Um, we've done it, at, we've done it at, at many wines. Do you have one that might have... So we, we were in Oregon once and we tasted, was it, a, was it a Riesling or was it a rose? It was an early rose. We did a tank sample at Stoller, yes. Uh, That's where it was. Yeah. I'll never forget that because it was really odd. It will. Oh, I, th- I thought that was fantastic. It tastes like ruby red grapefruit juice. It did. Yeah. And, it then, and so then we good. tasted the end product. And then the end product is to see where the wine goes. Because yes. we love a good rosé. Yes. That's and that, one of our favorites. Yes, it was. It was like grapefruit juice. Yeah. So yeah, your mind has to, you have to imagine. Yeah. You know, because. And, the, then, and it was so young. I think we were there in like December and this, it was in the tank yeah. from, from, you know, October, September harvest. I so. think we barrel tasted once at Camus. I, th- I have this memory. We did. We yeah. In their, in their cave room. Yeah, and, we did. And that was that, cause I like Camus wine yes. and that was really, really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's so many, there, there's some really, it's like I said, it's a really fun way to, mm. to kind of have a, a behind the scenes experience and so then the to thief. get to, and then see where the, the wine could go. I, I like the way you tie this in because <laughs> I don't want to admit that Han Solo is a thief, but he is. He's a thief. He's a good guy, but he's a thief. He's, he's going to end up thief. doing great things though, right. down the road. Down the road. Exactly. Yeah, it takes exactly. a while. <laughs> when we come back on Kogel Wine and film a perfect pairing, Haley's been traveling the globe, drinking the good stuff, two trips to Napa and a bubbly trip to Italy. And we will be right back. Welcome back to Kogel Wine and Film, a perfect pairing. You know, I'm married to one of the finest wine writers on the planet. And when Haley travels, every once in a while, I get to go along. And it's this great, wonderful experience. As I found out recently, tagging along to the Stag's Leap region of Napa. And I know that when you're in Stag's Leap region of Napa, you're drinking some of the best juice in the world. That's hearty red. That's hard. That's big. We call it big fat red. Yes. And yeah. you know that, you know, you I'm know, smiling right your, now. Just I saying. know. That's your, that's your flavor profile. Oh my gosh. Schaefer was next door. Stag's Leap. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, and, the, and the, it's so beautiful. It's where a lot of the fires took, you know, some of the fires. Some took of the, yes, yeah, on the hills. Yes. Yeah. And so, it, but, but just being there in that that part of the country, you know, we live in a beautiful part of the world, but to go there is also a privilege and it's really fun. And to hang out with you, because I, I just think, I just think it's fun. We had, it was a really great trip. So we, yeah. we did, I think we kind of prefaced it on our last show, but we went to the 25th annual Vineyard to Vintner event in the Stag's Leap district of Napa Valley. We had the fantastic opportunity to stay at Stag's Leap Winery. Um, it was, I, I loved it. I thought it was a really great weekend. It was kind of a way to celebrate a, a really small, um, AVA, really small part of Napa Valley. I think it's three miles from end to end. Um, so, so not a lot of actual physical space, but some within that, that kind of small area, I want to say there were 25, 20, 25, something like that wineries that, that kind of put this event on. Everything from um, Cliff Lette and Schaefer and Stag's Leap 
winery and stag's leap wine cellars a stag's leap wine cellars if you think about it, that's the that's the red wine that won the judgment of paris that's warren winarski's um kind of baby that he started that that put napa on the map as much as chateau montalena did yeah you can trace this back to them yes yes and and and, and this, going from farmland and this is kind of a hobby and we hope to make some money doing it to blowing up all over the world and becoming a trillion dollar industry. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, some of the most expensive uh, land in in the country in Napa Valley, and and so it was a really nice way I thought to celebrate this very unique part of of the region where there are so many great cabs being made, and I think the thing that I liked the most one we we did have some kind of fancy high end experience. We had a beautiful dinner at Stag Sleep Winery. Um, Outdoor and their in at, their under their kind of little awning on their their, on their front porch, porch. Yes. And um probably about had, 40, 50 people. Yeah, yeah. With and our our table mate was Remy Cohen, who I've met many times. I think I've talked about her a few times on the show. She's the the GM at Cliff Lette and and over yep. the whole Cliff family wines um, that includes Fell as well. And just a delight. She and her boyfriend were, were fantastic and, and kind of tasting wines from throughout the region. Many of we were familiar with, but then, you know, some that were brand new. I think that, that you know, kind of one of the finds, and that's what I really enjoy, was was finding Taylor family. And, yeah. and you know, tiny production. Is that the on one where we went and they had that great spread of, yes, I think that of the, sliders? The the. The daughter or granddaughter, I think it's the granddaughter of kind of the founders of Taylor Family Winery, went to culinary school. And so she did all of their their food. And, yeah, they had the best snacks. They had really good food. Well, they all had um, super ones. But, the, but and, you know, and then she's there. I mean, is it the mother or? the? Well, the so it was uh, the parents were growers. They started the, or they were growing grapes. And then um, daughter and husband kind of created the winery. Um, and, and then kids now are kind of participating, but like I said, one went to culinary school, but the whole family was there and it's up on a ridge and you kind of are overlooking the, the valley and, and it's, they are not open to the public. So it's kind of an appointment only thing. It's like a boutique one. And it's just, we'd never had that. I'd never had that one. Yeah. It was a new, it was a new wine, um, to find, but then also, you know, I can let me go to Schaefer and drink, you know, Hillside Select. Which any, we did. Anytime I could possibly, you know, dream of it. So so it, I, I thought it was great. What did you think? Because you don't get to kind of have these experiences. Oh, that was much. heaven for me. It's one of the best trips I've ever been on in my life. And the wines we had were some of the best wines I've ever had in my life because it's all in my wheelhouse. It's mm-hmm. all really nice cabs. And then they had some really interesting whites. They had some really interesting other wines. I mean, we had a few other mm-hmm. other wines. But for the most part, every winery is beautiful, and every winery has its own statement. Every wine was good. Um, usually in there you'll get one wine that you might not like. As one. We walked into this one winery, and they had two guys. They're called the Paella Brothers or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And they're making two big things of Paella while you drink this amazing wine. Overlooking the hillside yeah. in in Napa. That's and at Lindstrom. In, yeah. At Lindstrom. And what is there not to like about that? Yeah. Besides the paella being great. And you kind of got to walk up this little hillside and these little trails. And and you're you're surrounded yeah. by, again, kind of the beauty of of, of Mother Nature. You're, yeah. you're almost in what in, in Provence they'd call the Garrigue, but you're in the midst of just all of this kind of flora and 
fauna. I mean, you have all of this just natural kind of sagebrush and wild uh-huh. thyme and, and then flowers and, and... Well, flowers. I mean, when, we, when we're staying at Stag's Leap... So, and this is actually kind of a, a really yeah. cool thing that, that Stag's Leap has now created that I want to say launches this summer as their whole apothe- apothecary tour. Um, so you actually do what their kind of founders were, were big gardeners and, and loved just the beauty and aesthetic um, marriage between wine and and... Uh, orange blossom and and you know apple trees and and roses oh my goodness the roses and all of the flowers and then how you find those different characteristics within the wines that they're within making the wines, yeah. they they make a, a small production viognier that that to go out into this kind of apothecary garden and and smell the aromas that you'll then go in and taste in the wine is a pretty you know special experience and i think it helps people figure out at the end of the day, a glass of wine, it's grape juice. So how do you find one characteristic versus another and what makes that, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what gives a wine, you know, what gives a Viognier uh, stone fruit and, and, you know, white flower aromas? What gives a, a, a Chardonnay tropical pineapple or, or, you know, green apple? Or pear. Or, yeah. 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 So it's, it's helping kind of tie those two things together and, and, in a way that makes, I think a little bit more sense. And we, we had an apothecary tour yes. by a guy and, and I can't remember his name and I, I was kind of charmed by him, but he, uh, I, 15 minutes into it, I turned to you and said, that's Jack Black. Jack Black. He's yes. Jack Black. And so yeah. at the end I asked him, I said, what 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 famous person do? And before I even got the sense out, he goes, "I'm Jack Black," and I pl- I play it, I play it up all the time. Yeah, guy was really funny. Anyway, it was it's and thank you for yeah. It was a wonderful you. trip. Thanks to the the Stag's Leap region for for bringing us out um, and, and giving us that wonderful opportunity because yeah. it was a really really I'll never forget it. Beautiful way to to see the valley and and to celebrate the wines that are being made there. So, but also you have recently. You recently went to Italy. I did. That's a big trip. Yes, from the Big from Island here. of Hawaii all the way to Italy and back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was but, very sleepy. Yeah, but you were on a you were on a certain you were you were doing something very specific that you wanted to do. So You've there, always wanted to. Well, do that. I I always um, I I feel so honored and privileged to have any opportunity that that kind of is offered. And so the Prosecco region of Italy, Prosecco is very popular. Um, it's in Fluenda Venice. So it's in the Veneto region where I was specifically was, was traveling with the Prosecco Superiore DOCG region, um, to the kind of key communes. And I'm going to sound this out because they're very, very difficult to say. They're very, very long words. Congliano Valdo Badene. Nice. Prosecco Superiore DOCG. Wow. Um, their consortium uh, had invited me out to attend their um, Vino in Via event, which is kind of a, 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 a big consumer and trade walk around tasting event. Um, in a castle, which you know, not bad, not bad views, not Doesn't bad digs. Suck. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, tasting through the premium wines from Prosecco Superiore and and Prosecco uh, as a category as a whole, it's sparkling wine. It's a bubbly. It's a yes. It's it's meant to be um, enjoyed young. It's very fresh. It's very easy. Um, there's a lot of it on the market. 
it's it's a very inexpensive. We see it in the stores here. Yes. Um, and a lot of what is out on the market, though, and what you can just see very easily is just the DOC. So it's just it's it's a much wider region, bigger part of Prosecco. And then within Prosecco is the Prosecco Superiore DOCG. It's 15, basically 15 little towns in a very small, this Congliano Valdebadene area that um, produce their premium wines. And I really, really gained a, a fantastic appreciation for these wines. I've always thought that Prosecco was just, you know, it's kind of fun and flirty mm-hmm. and, you know, you mix it with your mimosas and you call it. It doesn't cost a lot. It doesn't cost a lot. It's super fruity. It's, just mm-hmm. it's it's just a little easy fun. Okay, yay! Let's oh let's open a bottle. It's a bottle that you open just to open. Within these wines, though, there's a lot more character. There there are a lot. There's a lot of different. I say a lot. There are um, there are wines that actually speak something. They speak to the terroir. They speak to the land. They tell the story of where they come from. I mm-hmm. think a little bit more than. Than maybe some of the more the larger production, more complicated, um, more complex, just more complex, more textured. You have more um, structure, and it's really because within this Prosecco Superiore region, you have these these very very uh, a complete change throughout the the region of uh, various landscapes, and you have have high elevations and you have different soil types and you you bring all of this together to create something that that is a little bit more instead of just fruit 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 you get an an incredible earthiness you get a a salty minerality that that i think uh, that that kind of tells the story you get this this kind of steeliness and and um, intensity that you maybe don't find in just the big juicy fruity um, proseccos. It's made in the Charmant method. I've always kind of preached uh, again, and I, I'm kind of eating some of my own words. I've always preached that method champenois is what you always want to look for. It's the traditional method of of wine being made in champagne. So second fermentation in the bottle. That's the only way to go. I actually have a, a great appreciate. I've, I've gained a great appreciation for the Charmant method with these wines. Because basically, in order to create the the bubbles, you have a still wine. It's put into a stainless steel tank, and then um, through adding sugar and a little bit of yeast, you start the second fermentation in a tank instead of in the bottle. Oh. And so then you it happens very fast. You bottle very quickly, and you get it out into the marketplace because it's meant to be a young wine. It's, it's not meant, not to, meant sit to in it's a not, cave for an, right, a year. In it's a not bottle. meant to to have the bready, brioche, toasty, nutty notes of classic champagne. It's meant to have the fruit. It's meant to have mm-hmm. the freshness. It's meant to have the acidity, and it's such a. It's made from the Glera variety that is such a high acid wine that some of them will have a little bit of residual sugar. They are made in an extra dry style. They are made in a dry style, which in the world of bubbles, which makes no sense, a dry wine is actually a a sweeter wine. And some of the best of these like dry wines, they're premium wines. They're like celebration wines that you that you only open on special occasion comes from a very tiny commune within this region called Cartizze. And we we spent quite a bit of time in Cartizze, and and these 
soaring elevations. You're right at the base of the Dolomite Mountains. It's like it's like the pre-Alps. Yeah. And so you have these very high elevations with with various temperature changes for you know going from hot days to cool nights and steep slopes and very very steep slopes. Everything has to be done by hand. Um, it's it's very you know it's tough labor. It's 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 kind of it's kind of what I think a lot of modern day wine regions wish they could be what they've kind of tried to to emulate mm-hmm. because it was just stunningly beautiful. Do they do a lot of production or are they all boutique wineries? No, I mean you have you certainly have have some very very large one. Villa Sandy is one that has, it's one of the larger ones. They make it like a hundred thousand cases or two hundred thousand. Yes, or, yeah, and um, yeah. and and they'll they'll many of them like Adami is one that we enjoy quite a bit. Um, they have their just basically Prosecco DOC wines. They have their their larger production of the whole region. But then within that, they'll have these individual, um, I don't like a Cartizze. They'll have an individual little commune. They yeah. also um, have kind of created a whole new um, way to to focus on the wines even more instead of just having something labeled Congliano or labeled Val de Bodonet. Or Prosecco DOCG, um, Prosecco Superiore DOCG, they'll they'll create these rebays, which is almost like how we think of single vineyard wines. We don't even think twice when you see like a, a Durrell vineyard on yeah. on a bottle. You're like, oh, okay, that's from a very specific vineyard, you know, right. fruit from that. And so in Prosecco DOCG, that's a rebay. Yeah. So you'll see that on a label also. It's a lot of long words that, that you know, it's it's a lot to say on on a label, but each one of them makes a lot of sense. There are a couple that I, I mentioned Villa Sandy. Um, there was one in particular that is just now being imported into the U.S. that I'm so excited about. It was Ruggeri. Um, they're making a brute style. They've always made a a dry and an extra dry Cartizze. They're about to release in the U.S. a brute style, and that was probably one of my favorites, as well as Perlage. Perlage was, it was just really beautiful, beautiful wines, really special. Um, and did they, did they get more and more expensive? Have you got higher in quality? Um, you know, so the Cartizzes are like that's your big that, yeah. uh, woohoo. And even those are like 30, 40 bucks. Okay. That's not, you think about classic champagne, you think about the cost of premium champagne. That's you yeah, know, you can get in a hundred dollar bottle, hundreds get, you of get dollars, three exactly, three, yeah. four, five hundred dollars bottles. Yes. These, um, a lot of them were still going to be like twenty, twenty five dollars. Wow, yeah. wow. And also, did they pair food really well with it? So what did you eat? We ate a lot. It's um, asparagus season, so we had um, a lot of asparagus risotto. Um, where <laughs> this little pocket, it wasn't, it's, it's rice instead of pasta, so we had risotto pretty much, we had asparagus risotto pretty much every meal (laughs) which you know was delicious and it was really fun to try um different styles of of different chefs different takes there was one that kind of made no sense but was absolutely delicious where it was a strawberry and asparagus risotto and i i i bought into it i thought it was it was beautiful and delicious and 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 you know paired with one of these kind of richer extra dry um styles yeah. of of the prosecco superiore and and it was it was really you know it was really special a lot of meats or a lot of fish um a little bit of both they uh but that was kind of i love doing sparkling wine trips when you do pairing meals where all you're drinking throughout the entire dinner is is sparkling because sparkling can 
it's not just the aperitif. It's not just what you drink, you know, poolside. It's not just something that, that you open an evening with. It's something that can easily be enjoyed hmm. throughout a meal, especially when you when you taste through these different styles. So, I mean, I thought it was it was a fantastic Yay. experience. I'm very, very, you know, appreciative and and excited about learning more about um, and tasting more of these. So wines. I get asked this all the time before we wrap this up. Um, oh, are you going with her to Italy? And it's like, no. Uh, no, because, the, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll never say, oh, it's too hard and all that kind of stuff, but you're on a plane most of the time to yeah. be there for a short amount of time, yeah. be on a plane for a long time back. But also, often, you're tasting 50 to 100 to 200 bottles a day. Yeah. And it's, for, I mean, it's my and work. And no, it's your work. And for the novice, it, that's hard. That you can, you have to learn how to power taste, right. and you know how to do it. Right. I yeah. mean, you're not you're not drinking these wines. You're tasting. You're spitting. It's and and it's long days. You know, you leave early in the morning, and you don't get back until late at night. Granted, everything that's in between is like pinch me moments. Right. But but it's you know, like I say, I feel so so honored and blessed and and privileged to to get to do this for a living and and. You know, can't wait for the next one. Hey, we're happy. Trips to Italy, trips to Napa, and there's a new Star Wars movie. <laughs> next time on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, more new films arriving in local theaters with wines to match and, of course, stories to tell. I think Ocean's 8 is coming up Yeah, next. we're going to have to I see that. I can't wait. <laughs> but for more on the films or the wines we've talked about today, please check out our blog on Kogel Consulting or through Facebook. Follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill. And to see what we're drinking now, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill. And as usual, I'm looking for the next great film. Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Aloha.